welcome you back to our study and our series on the prophet Elijah. Uh, we began this just one week ago, so if you're listening on WTGN, you, you've missed one week's worth and one scripture, one verse worth. We're looking at the prophet Elijah from the Old Testament. Elijah was a man, a prophet, fed by the birds. That's actually where we're going here in just a, a few moments. We're going to see God's provision for Elijah. Elijah was a man who would take on 450 prophets of Baal, 450 false prophets, take them on at the same time and win and be victorious through the power of God. That's for another day. We won't have time to get into that in our uh, time together. Elijah as well is a man, he is a prophet who did not die. God took him to heaven in a chariot of fire. So some pretty powerful uh, biblical accounts of the prophet Elijah, as well referenced in the New Testament. He appeared with Moses and with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. Then as well, James wrote about him in a couple of verses, referred to him as a man with a nature like ours. I just pause right there. Aren't you thankful when you see a phrase like that in, in the Word of God? In James, it says that Elijah had a nature like ours. Sometimes you, you look into the Word of God, and maybe you picture, do you ever picture superheroes of the Word of God? You know, men and women who do some incredible things of God, and maybe you look at them and say, there's no way I could ever do or be what they are. Certainly, Elijah, as we're about to see as we continue in this study and in this series, Elijah was used in a mighty way of God. He certainly was a man of prayer, as James said, but he says he is a man with a nature like ours. He's like you and I, and God's able to use him in a mighty way. Aren't you thankful for that? So we, we see Elijah in the Old Testament referenced in the New Testament, so if you've got the Word of God with you, I invite you with uh, your Bibles or your copy of Scripture to the Old Testament, 1 Kings chapter 17. So last week we began 1 Kings chapter 17. We looked at one verse of Scripture, the very first verse, and that was the introduction. He was referenced as Elijah the Tishbite, who came and God instructed him, he presented himself before the wicked and sinful King Ahab, and he declared that there would be no rain and there would be no dew in the land. And what we saw last week was this basic thought. Godly leaders, and then we, we made it personal, godly leaders, godly women, godly men, godly young people, godly children, godly young adults, godly individuals stand for God. We saw that in verse 1. He said to the wicked and sinful king Ahab, it's before God that I stand. I'm standing for him. I'm in front of you, but I'm standing for God. What we saw last week is that godly individuals will stand for God even in the midst of a challenging culture. Even though they might be unknown, even when others don't, and even when the message isn't popular. All of that from verse 1 last week. So we're going to continue in 1 Kings chapter 17, the next number of verses, this next biblical account of Elijah. 
We're going to be looking at a, a formula of sorts, a, a formula for faithfulness. Some of you like formulas, you like mathematical equations, you, you like to know that one plus two equals three. Uh, we, we like some of those things. It doesn't always work out in the spiritual realm uh, that there are all time guarantees, but, but here's a pattern that we see in the life of Elijah, this pattern or formula that I believe you and I would do well to follow. A formula for faithfulness goes something like this. You'll see it on the screen. When we hear and do what God says, we will see what God does. Now, that's a, that's a short phrase, kind of a short sentence. Let me repeat it, and then that'll kind of give you the guideline and the pattern of where we're going this morning. When we hear and do what God says, we will see what God does. 1 Kings chapter 17 Verses 2 through 7 read like this. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan, and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. So this formula of sorts, this, this pattern from Elijah's life, this man like us, a, a nature like ours, it's, it's something that you and I can do with God's help. When we hear and do what God says, we will see what God does. So first of all, in this pattern or in this idea and, and formula of faithfulness, we've got to hear what God says. Verse 2 says, then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Understand this, God will give direction. You and I need to hear what he says. Because how many of you know, everybody wants to know the future. Everybody wants to know God's will. But we would love to be able to know what in the world God would have for you, your kids, for your grandkids, for the next years, the next Decades. Well, wouldn't it be nice to just get a little text message, maybe an email, maybe a full-blown report of all of God's plans for you, your children, your grandchildren, leading into the next number of years? So many people are, are wanting to know things that they begin seeking through some sinful ways. How, how do I detect what's going to be around the corner? Now, for Elijah, you'll see this phrase, and as we work our way through some of these chapters in 1 Kings, you'll see this phrase quite a bit. The word of the Lord came to Elijah. So we'll see this phrase, and it might, some of those thoughts might be echoed or repeated in future weeks together. But Elijah had trained his ears to hear what God had to say. 
hear what he says. We've got to put ourselves in a position to hear from God. Many individuals are wanting, what in the world would God desire from me and, and my life and my family and, and my job and my community and my neighborhood? Let's put ourselves in the place. Let's put ourselves in the position to hear from God. Now, these are, these are some very common biblical things, and we've mentioned them in, in many different kinds and referenced them in many different kinds of messages. Hold up that copy of the Word of God, your, your Bible, your tablet, your smartphone that has the words of God in it. This Bible, this Word, this is a primary way that He will connect His words to us. It's the reliable source of His words for faith and for practice. If you're wanting to know, how do I live a godly life? How do I please and honor and obey? Well, what, what is God desiring from me? Start here. Well, is there a chapter on being a, a young person in school? Is there, is there a chapter about being a husband or about a wife or with my job? It might not be indexed quite like that, but there are so many incredible nuggets and teachings and scriptures from the Word of God for you and for me. We've got to dig in and get into it to see what God has to say. All throughout the year, and you've heard me reference this multiple times this year, multiple times each year, we've got Bible reading guides. Guess what? They're still available. Today is September 1st. There's four months left in the year. If you don't have a Bible reading guide, you can pick up a free paper copy in the foyer. Several different ones to choose from. We also point you to some of the modern technological, uh, technological advances, emails, texts, apps, the Bible app. There's a lot of different devotionals and Bible readings and, and ways to help you get into God's Word. It really doesn't matter the process, whether you, you like to pick up the actual Bible, whether you like to follow the, uh, uh, the, the, the Bible reading, read through a book at a time, read through the, the Bible chronologically, or follow a different pattern. The goal is this, that we get into God's Word, and we allow God's Word to get into us. That's one of the primary sources here. The Word of the Lord came to Elijah. How many of you, perhaps at some point in time, maybe a bunch of points in time, you've been reading this book, you've been reading the Bible, and, and it's probably a, a Bible story from Scripture, it's a verse you've learned, it's a verse you've memorized, you heard it maybe since you were a wee little kid in kids' church, in Sunday school, and you've read it multiple times as an adult, but you, that one day, you read that verse, and it's as if everything else on the pages blurred away, and that one verse leapt off the pages and into your heart. It's amazing how God does that. God speaks and communicates through his word. We've got to hear what he says. Hear what he says. It's incredible how God does that. And, and here's the thing. God, God's incredible like that. Some of you that do have Bible reading plans, maybe you're... You're one who is a kind of a rule follower. So you don't read anymore, 
but you don't read any less. You follow the plan to the T. Do we have any rule followers in the house? Raise your hands. So follow the rules and raise your hands. There we go. Okay, we got some hands. So some of you, you are right on target with the plan, and, and you follow it to the T. And it's amazing how God many times uses the scriptures that you read on that specific day for exactly what you need to help and, and strengthen and encourage and help you through that day. Now, how many of you are overachievers? Let, let me, you know, raise both hands and jump around a little bit. You're overachievers, okay? We, we got not, not too many jumping around in here. Okay. Maybe some are overachievers and you say, I, I want to read ahead. You know, maybe I get going and, and you think, I just, I don't want to stop. I want to read through this biblical story, this account. And so some of you, maybe you are ahead in your Bible reading. And you're, you're tracking, you're reading a devotional, you're reading through the, the Bible reading guide. And though today is September 1st, maybe what you're reading is for a different day. Later in the month in September, or maybe in a different month. And guess what? Isn't it amazing how God can use that? You are ahead of schedule, and God uses that scripture from that reading to minister to you at that particular point in time. Now, there might be a couple of you in here. Maybe, maybe you're a little behind. Anybody ever lag behind on things? Maybe the late adopters or, or maybe kind of struggling to keep up? If that's you, that's okay. But this is just how God is. Isn't it amazing that though maybe you might be behind on your schedule, that maybe you're still trying to, to catch up, maybe you're in some of the summer readings. Maybe you're in some of the spring readings. I don't know where you might be, but maybe you're not quite caught up. And it's amazing how God can use that to speak to you when you need it. The principle is this. It's putting ourselves in the presence of God, preparing ourselves to hear the word of God. So God's word goes hand in hand with time spent with God in prayer. Maybe you've, you've seen this in your journey, in your spiritual walk with God. You've prayed and you've spent some time praying, maybe before or maybe after you've read the Bible. And how many of you kind of, you have that sense, you kind of have that nudge, almost like you're in this conversation with God, and, and he kind of uses an elbow, just kind of nudges you. I've heard, I've heard some of you reference, uh, you know, sometimes feeling like you've been slapped up the side of the head with a two-by-four, as in God's really trying to get your attention. Uh, you know, whether that's that soft, gentle nudge, or, or maybe that's kind of the, you know, the, the, the bigger nudge. As we pray, as we seek God, many times he, he speaks through us through the power of the Holy Spirit, these kind of sensings and, and promptings. Understand, these will go hand in hand. When we read the Word of God and the truth found in the Word of God, it will line up with, and those sensings and those promptings, those nudgings from the Lord will line up with what's contained in His Word. That nudging is not going to be completely opposite of what God has declared in His Word. So, 
God's word and God's prayer go hand in hand. And for Elijah, then the word of the Lord came. And we're going to see that time and again, even in just a handful of chapters in these accounts of Elijah. He was placing himself in the opportunity to be able to hear from God. So last week in in verse 1 was this bold declaration to the wicked and sinful and evil king Ahab, no rain, no dew. Then the word of the Lord came. So God was speaking, God was guiding, God was directing his ministry as the prophet. Understand, when you and I, when we seek the Lord... Scripture says he will be found. He will speak to our hearts and lives. doesn't matter whether you're on the mountaintop experience or deep in the valleys or somewhere in between in that journey. God is able to guide and direct as we place ourselves into his presence and hear from him. The Lord spoke to Elijah in this challenging time, right after confronting King Ahab, And it might not have been the easiest for Elijah. You ever ever heard God encouraging or nudging you? But maybe it's words you really didn't want to hear. Maybe you had a few choice words from somebody or for somebody. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a a co-worker. Maybe it's a, a neighbor. And you get into the word of God and it talks about peace and gentleness and love and honoring your, your neighbor and has all of these different things. And you kind of think to yourself, thanks, God. I mean, here's Elijah. He's just spoken to King Ahab. And the word of the Lord comes. And he's basically directed to Kareth Ravine, this this kind of the out-of-the-way place. Many times throughout the Old Testament, a lot of these biblical places, there's a lot of meanings associated with the place. You know, we think about Alger, or we think about New York City, there's not always words that are associated with them. New York City is the Big Apple. I'm not sure that Alger has quite that phrase. But many times in, in biblical days... These, these words would carry a little bit of a, a thought with them. And so, Kareth here, Kareth Ravine, that name or that word derived from a verb that means to cut off or to cut down. You might talk about uh, being cut off from others or cut off from the blessings of the covenant. And, and that word used in multiple ways in the Old Testament that way. Or maybe being cut down as you might cut down a tree. So Elijah is sent to the place where he might be cut off or cut down. Cut off from connection and involvement in other people. He's he's going to be by himself for a while. Maybe cut down to size. As maybe God's getting ready to do something in him before he's ready to do something through him. So Going to this place with perhaps this kind of a meaning might not have been the greatest thing on his heart or his mind. And as we're about to see, God provides, but it's in a rather interesting way throughout that time. And he keeps him in this challenging season for a while. Maybe you're battling things in your health. 
and your finances and, and your job and your family life and, and, and you're wondering what is God going to do? The encouragement is to start out as Elijah did to be ready to hear from him. Elijah was kept by that brook in a challenging situation for a while, but throughout it, he was paying attention to and tuned in to the voice of God. He was listening for and hearing what God had to say. So, secondly, along with hearing what God says, the second thought or second principle to follow here is then doing what God says. Isn't that the challenge? It's enough of a challenge to place ourselves in God's presence, to place ourselves into God's word and into prayer and to seeking what God might have, but then to do it. Isn't that another issue? We know a lot of things that God has instructed. We read through the word of God, but the doing part is hard. Because many times people read through the word of God and they find something they're already doing and they say, great, I like this verse. Because I, I'm doing it already. I don't really have to change or conform or, or, or be molded to be more like God because I'm doing this. But then we read another scripture and it kind of confronts maybe something, a challenge we've had that day. And we don't like that so much because God's nudging us and, and desiring to mold us to be more like him, more into the image of Christ. And that means kind of letting go of some of the stuff that ought not to be in us and getting more of the good godly stuff in us. And so as much as it's a, a challenge many times to hear what God says, I'd venture to say that doing what God says, that obedience is even more challenging. Verse 5 in our text. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan, and stayed there. What we see from Elijah is he did what God says, even though he might have had or thought he had better ideas or options. Now, I know you would never have thought that, right? But I'm sure somebody else out there has probably tried to help God out, right? But not you. You've never tried to help God out. But you look through the word of God. Even Abraham and Sarah. There was the promise of having a child, the promise of having this son, this heir, and nothing happened for years. And they came up with a, a way to help God out. God, maybe you've forgotten about this, or, or maybe you need a little bit of help. And as a result, they kind of botched up the process a little bit. It's been the source of conflict ever since. Ishmael and Isaac and descendants. You and I, sometimes we can do that. We can try to step in, try to jump in and say, nothing's happening, God. Mind if I do this? We've got to do what God says. Now, what did God say to Elijah? Remember back in the beginning of our text, the word of the Lord came to Elijah, leave, turn eastward, and hide. 
He basically says, go and hide. Get away from here. Go the opposite place and hide. This was after verse 1, where he boldly comes into the presence of the palace of the king Ahab, and he says, there will not be rain. There will not be dew until I stay, because I am standing on the word of the Lord. Now, if you were Elijah, maybe you would be a little fired up for God, right? He might have had a, a handful of other options that he might have thought would have been good. God, I'm ready. I am fired up. I've stood before King Ahab, and I told him a, a, a message he might not have wanted to hear. So, God, just let me stay in front of King Ahab, and I'll preach and preach and preach and preach, and I'm going to wear him down, God. God says, no, go and hide. What? Okay, God, uh, maybe not go preach before Ahab, but how about this? Consider this, God. How about I go preach to the people? And I'll preach, and I'll preach, and I'll preach, and I'll preach repentance, and we're going to have revival in the land. God says, go and hide. What? Okay, God, you didn't like either of my first two options? I've got a good one for you. Surely this is it. Okay, God, you know how Ahab and Jezebel are wicked, evil, sinful people, and they're leading the people in worship of Baal, false prophet, false god. I mean, they're, they're sacrificing their kids in the, in the name of Baal and all kinds of stuff too sick and sordid and sinful to, to think about. I got an idea, God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and destroy and rip down and tear down every idol, every altar. Just send me in, God. I'm bold and ready. God says, great idea, but that's not it. Go and hide. Maybe you and I, we think we know better. We're going to help God out with what we think ought to take place. First of all, we need to be in tune with and sensitive to God's voice to hear what he has to say. But as he speaks, as he leads through his word, through prayer, we've then got to do that. Even if it's not exactly what we think is the best idea. We've got to do what God says when God says it. Verse 5, it was immediate. He, he did what God said. Now, I know everybody in here, everyone at Alger Assembly of God, I know that you obey immediately what God says. But just, just for the sake, being facetious here, but just for the sake of those listening in the radio audience, maybe you have struggled with immediately obeying what God has to say. What are we seeing, Elijah? Elijah didn't hesitate. Elijah didn't contemplate and think and, and kind of go with, with all kinds of scenarios. He listened, and then he did what God had asked him to do. So we've got to do what he says when he says to do it. Because the challenge for you and I is sometimes we get ahead of God or behind God. You ever felt like that? You're either kind of rushing him along saying, okay, God. Let me help you out. Let me, let me push you along. Or else we're kind of dragging behind, dragging our feet. As God speaks, when God speaks, let us 
do it. He obeyed God immediately. Different individuals have said delayed obedience is disobedience. We don't like that very well. We think, you know what? As long as I obey, you, you better be thankful I did it. When parents give instructions to children, they desire that they are done. Not next year or next millennium, right? When a boss gives instructions to its workers, to co-workers, the, the, the goal is that those things would be put into place and practiced. But many times we think, when God nudges, when God speaks, no, those are just suggestions. I, I'll get around to them later, God. You want to develop some of these things in me and in my job and my workplace and in my school and my home and in the community? Yeah, later's, later's all right. Sometime, I'll, I'll get around to it, God. Have you found some people that have had round to it? I've seen some people who literally have had a round, sometimes they're metal, sometimes they're wood, but it's round and it has the word to it. T O I T. When, when someone says, whenever I get around to it, they'll reach in their pocket, bring out this little round to it, and symbolically say, well, here you go. You've got a round to it, so go do it. Sometimes we, we, we do that with God. Okay, God. I've gone through the process, and I've spent time in your word, and I've spent time in prayer, and, and I think you're leading and nudging, and you're, you're wanting to develop me, and, and you're wanting to kind of round off some of these edges in, in my, my attitude and my this and my that. Yeah, I want to get around to it. God's desiring that we honor. God's desiring that we obey. When it comes to doing what God says, we... We've got to do what God says, but do it one step at a time. We can be kind of impatient, can't we? A bunch of heads are nodding. Those are some honest heads right there. We're impatient. We want the whole plan at once. Sometimes it's a step at a time. Sometimes it's a, a day at the time. We've got to act on what he reveals and obey what he speaks until then we're ready for that next step. You see, that's, that's what took place with Elijah. God didn't give the entire plan to Elijah. He called upon him to come and speak to the king. He obeyed. And then the word of the Lord said, go here. And he obeyed. As we, as we mentioned, multiple times in our texts, then the word of the Lord came. God was speaking to Elijah. Elijah stepped out in faith, and he did what God asked. And God would then show that next section, that next step. Speak to Ahab. Okay, let me lead you to the brook, Kareth. Okay, I'm going to go to the brook. God then speaks to the next thing, speaks to the next thing. That means we've got to be patient. That means we, we can't be demanding of God to say, okay, God, I won't move. We're going to be frustrated and kind of put our arms crossed and say, I'm not moving until you show me the whole path. I want to know what the next 50 years are, God. God's just simply saying, take that next step. Arthur Pink wrote this. God does not grant fresh, fresh revelation 
until there has been compliance with what has already been received. Translation, God often doesn't show us the second step until we take the first one. Take that step of faith, honor and obey what God is speaking. Understand, God's blessings come after we obey, not before. Look at verse 5 again. If you still got God's word open to 1 Kings 17. It says, he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kareth Ravine east of the Jordan and stayed there. Let's take a look at that verse. What do you think is the most important word, most powerful word of this verse? Man, there's a bunch of good ones, right? Some of you might say, I like the word did. He did. He obeyed. Those of you who say, no, 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 I got a better word. Lord, I trump you all. I got the most important one. God, Jesus, Lord, Holy Spirit. Anytime you can get, you know, God or Jesus as an answer, just like in Sunday school, it should always win. That's a great one. Or maybe went. That's a good one, showing that he put action in, and he did what God had said. Some of you like that word, stayed. Because that was, that was the action that God had called. That last little word, there, is pretty important. God had called him there. Leave here, leave the palace, leave King Ahab, go, turn, hide, and go there. He didn't necessarily tell him how long. He didn't give him, he didn't give him all the details, but he said, go there, so Elijah went there. That's some powerful obedience. There was where the brook was. There was where the, the, the water would be. There is where the ravens would feed him, as we saw. And we'll, we'll see in just a few moments. Bread and meat, it was all there. Desiring God's blessings, obey and go there and wait for what I've got in store for you next. Think of it this way, right? God gives his commands. God gives his instructions to Elijah. Elijah follows. Elijah obeys. And then what we read, and we're about to dig into just a little bit more, then we see the blessings of God. Commands or instructions, obedience, blessings. Commands or instructions, obedience, blessings. There's a particular order in place, right? Now, we like the last part. You can raise your hand. It's okay. Raise your hand. We like blessings, honor, joy, you know, we like answered prayers. We, we like miracles. We like victories. Commander instruction, obedience, and then blessings, victories, overcoming. There's, there's this process. God's blessings came after he obeyed, not before. And many times what we want to do is we say, all right, God, I'm going to hold God hostage. 
If you do this, then I'll do that. You ever, I, I know it's nobody in this church who's ever tried to, to play, let's make a deal with God. But I'm, I'm certain there's somebody, somebody's tried to do that, right? God, if you'll respond this way, then I'll obey. God's desiring obedience. God's giving commands or instructions, desiring obedience. In response to the obedience, I believe there are blessings. I believe there are victories. I believe that there are miracles in store, in play. But it comes in that order. So Elijah was hearing what God had to say. Elijah was then doing what God had to say. And the final part of this formula, the, the final part of this, this process or principles is when we hear and do what God says, we'll then see what God does. This is incredible. And, and certainly there's a number of different biblical accounts as we work our way through Elijah, some incredible things that God does. This, this is just in, in our particular passage today. Verse 6 and 7. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Elijah was declaring God's word, no rain, no dew. But God brought him to a place where there was a brook, and he did have water for a period, for a season. But the ravens were bringing food, bread and meat. Know that God will provide. God spoke to him just a, a few verses earlier. He says, leave here, go there, and I've commanded the ravens to feed you. Oh, that's a great one. Are ravens the, the cleanest kind of birds? There's more scavenger type of birds, Right? I mean, it's not like, you know, I've commanded the, uh, what would be some good, doves. I've commanded the pure, clean, white doves to come and feed you. No, I've commanded these birds that are typically more scavenger type of birds. Yeah, they're the ones that are going to feed you. But God provided exactly as he said. God controls everything. Even allowing and directing ravens to do room service. Twice a day to bring bread and meat. Be open to God's source of provision in your hearts and in your lives. Know he will provide. Trust in him and see what he does. Elijah had to trust God. Now, just sometimes this boggles our mind, but the same God who could use ravens to bring bread and meat. Couldn't he, have, couldn't he have commanded the ravens to, like, bring a whole truckload? I mean, couldn't he have? I mean, if, if ravens are going to bring it, why, why not just a monthly delivery, God? Why every day? Twice a day. Isn't that kind of like the Israelites in the wilderness? Manna? Six days you shall eat. On the sixth day I'll give you enough for the sixth and the seventh. 
trust, trust. God is here to give enough to meet the needs. God didn't pack that cave with food. He gave him enough in the morning, gave him enough at night, two times a day, bread and meat. Hmm. Didn't, didn't Jesus have something similar to that to say in the New Testament? Oh, let me see. What was it? Give us today our, what was it? Help me out. Say it a little louder. Help me out. On the radio saying, say it out. Give us this day our daily bread. Many times we're praying, God, give me my yearly supply. See what God does. Many times it's that step-by-step provision. It's that day-by-day provision. But we want the whole thing, and God gives just enough day-by-day-by-day. Trust in him. Be dependent upon him. Trust him. Trust what he provides more than the provision he provides. Eventually, verse 7 says that the brook dried up. No rain, no dew, but for a time period, he had water from the brook, but eventually that too dried up. Elijah could, get a, could have gotten frustrated and say, well, God, I, I thought you had given me this brook, and now I don't even have the brook. Is the trust in the brook? Or is the trust in the God who supplied the brook? Is the trust in that meat and bread, or is the trust in the God who cared enough about him to supply meat and bread from the ravens? Many times we, we forget about God, the one who provides, the gift giver, and we focus on the gifts, the blessings, the God, I don't have this anymore. Are we focusing on the God who is able to provide and take care of day by day, by day. He had to trust in God. He had to trust in God's timing when he saw what God was doing. He, he might have wanted to go and preach. He might have wanted to go and, and rip down the altars. And God says, go and hide. God was needing to do some, some work. Maybe do some work in Elijah to prepare him for the future. Maybe do some work in some other people to be ready for what he was about to do. Plus, you stand before the king and you pronounce an unpopular message. No rain, no dew till God says so. Ha! You might be public enemy number one. God might want you over here to protect you. And maybe God will want to kind of expose the fallacy of Baal. Supposedly having oversight of provision and water, and he declares, here's what the one true God has said. So now let's, let's get you out of the way a little bit, and let's just let everybody see what's taking place. Baal has no power. God is all-powerful. Well, what's also powerful about this biblical account, in one of the earlier verses, depending on your version or translation, it says, I have directed the ravens. Other verses would say, I have commanded the ravens. English majors, those who love all the verb forms, this is present perfect or perfect present tense. 
It's saying this is something that's already done. God's saying, I've already done it. I've commanded the ravens. It's done. Know that. Trust me, Elijah. You don't have to worry about what lies ahead. I've already done it. I've already prepared. Before Elijah even knew what was taking place, God had already done it. God had provided. Trust in him. Let's try to follow some of these principles, what we see in Elijah. Following this, this powerful confrontation with King Ahab, what did he do? He put himself in a place where he was able to hear what God was speaking to him about. But he didn't just hear it. He didn't say, that's great, God. He then obeyed it. He did what God says. And when he heard what God was saying, and then we did what God was saying, that led to that powerful third part. His eyes were open, and he began to see what God was doing. Providing bread, meat, water, out in the middle of nowhere with a brook. No one else was having water. He had water for a substantial period of time until the brook dried up. Hear what God says this morning. Do what God says. And then see what God does.